This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome to another class in Hala Lebanon, Avenue at the corner of East Ninth. Every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Welcome Torah Anytime viewers and listeners and Baruch Hashem now, J-Root viewers and listeners. We are studying Parashat Vayetzeh. Parashat Vayetzeh is really the whole story and history and background of Yaakov Avinu. However, there is a figure in this week's parasha which is less dealt on, less expanded on, less talked about, and that is Rahil Menu. And the whole story with Rahil Menu really is a very perplexing story in it because she was an Akara, and she knew that the 12 Shabbatim had to come from her. And in fact, we'll see if she didn't, excuse me for saying it, but if she didn't mess up in her words in this week's parasha, she would have had the zakhut, the merit, to have all 12 Shabbatim. Yeah, you're going to tell me because Laban switched La'ya and Rahel. That's, that happened because Rahel Imenu ended up opening her mouth later on in the parasha. But if not, she would have had all 12 Shabbatim from Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu would have married Rahel, had the 12 children, went back to, uh, went back to his father, to Be'er Sheva. Shalom Aysel. Everything would have been beautiful. But Rahel Menu sees that she does not have any children. Le'ah now is having one, two, three, four, five, six. And Rahel still has nothing. The Pasuk says, Rahel Menu sees that she didn't bear any fruit or any children to Yaakov. And she becomes jealous of her sister. Now those words, just those words alone, we'll see that the rabbis have a hard time understanding. What does that mean? Can, can Rahel be jealous of her sister? Rahel, the one who gave the simanim, the signs to her sister Le'ah, now she's jealous of her sister? Now she tells Yaakov, I want some children. If not, I am considered like a dead person. Because the Gemara says, we should never know, a person does not have any children is considered like a dead person because he has no future. He has nobody to perpetuate his name. What happens? Yaakov gets very upset, very angry, very mad at Rahel. And he says, What do you expect? You think I'm God? I'm playing the role of God? You're the one who's barren. It's not me. I have children. You're the one that doesn't have any children. Now Yaakov gets punished because of that. I have a maidservant, and that is Bilha. Really, it's her stepsister and half-sister. And she says, why don't you take my maidservant Bilha, marry her, and her children will be as if they're my children. That, again, also, that does not make any sense. How does Rahel, how does Bilha's children, uh, are considered, how are they considered like Rahel's children? And that's what she did. Yaakov ends up taking Bilha, marrying her, has a child from her, two children from her, and, uh, they're named Gad and, uh, Naphtali, but they're named as if they're Rahel's children. Fine. Now Hashem, because of the fact that Rahel did this act and she gave her half-sister, her maidservant to Yaakov, which is very hurting for her, very damaging to her, to her confidence. Hashem hears her cries, Hashem sees her suffering and He opens up her womb, which means He gives her children. And the first child is, She has a baby boy, Hashem has gathered my disgrace. I was disgraced. I had no children. Now Hashem finally saw my suffering. He has gathered my disgrace. I won't be disgraced amongst the people anymore. The Midrash says, Bereshit Rabbah, Ayin Aleph. The Midrash says, Amralo Rahel Imenu Tazi Yaakov, Kach Asa Abicha Leimecha, Lo Hagar Motnav Kenegda. Your father, Yitzhak, also did not have any children. And Rivka, your mother, also did not have any children. But Yitzhak didn't just step aside, didn't just stay in the corner. He davened, he prayed for her. So why don't you do the same thing for me? Amarla, so Yaakov tells her, 
אבי לא היה לו בנים, אבל אני יש לי בנים. You're right, my father didn't have any children, that's why he had to pray. But I have children. The problem is not from me, the problem is from you. אמרה לו, so she ends up telling him, וזקניך לא היה לו בנים. What about your grandfather, Avraham? He also didn't have any children. וחקר מותנב כנגד שרה. And he prayed, he prayed for Sarah to have children. אמר לה, יעקב תז רחל, יכולה את לעשות כשם שעשתה זקנתי. Sarah, my grandmother, she ended up doing what? Bringing her maidservant, Hagar, to Avraham. Avraham married Hagar, had Ishmael, the son, is as if Sarah is the mother. So you can do the same thing if you'd like. אמרה לו, מה עשתה? What exactly did she do? So he tells her the whole story. אמרה לו, אם הדבר הזה מעכב, הנה אמתי בלהה בו אליה, ואיבנה גם אנוכי. If that's the only thing in the way, תפדל, take בלהה. מה זו נבנית על ידי צרתה? Just like Sarah, her whole future depended on Hagar, אף זו נבנית על ידי צרתה. So too I will be built... If you give me, if I give you Bilha, you have children from Bilha, her children will be counted as if they're my children. Rabotai, that's the Midrash. Very confusing Midrash. And like we asked, how could it be that the children of Bilha are counted to be like the children of Rahel? And not only that, how is Yaakov? Now, Yaakov is called Behir Ha'avot. Yaakov is the prime, the pristine of all the forefathers. How can Yaakov talk like this to his... We're not talking about Le'ah, Bilha, Zepah. To his beloved wife Rahel. Rahel, who he worked for for 14 years. First seven, then a week. He marries her. He works another seven years. He works 14 years in total for Rahel. His beloved, he came down to Haran only for Rahel. And now he's talking to her in this manner. So I saw a sefer by Rab Zaychik, Alav Shalom, called Ora Nefesh. And he asked this question. And tonight's class, Ba'azat Hashem, will be based upon his discourse. And he says, בוודאי, for sure, עמוקים ומכוסים הם כל פרשת התורה. Especially Sefer Bereshit, by the way, is very hard to understand. Every story in Bereshit is very hard to understand. The Torah alone, but Sefer Bereshit. ובעיקר, and especially, אלה הנוגעים בשיחתן של אבות. The stories revolving, the, involving the, the, the fathers, the forefathers, revolving around the forefathers, the, form, the, the, the patriarchs, the matriarchs, what exactly is going on? So he says like this, This is the lesson for us. Now of course, as we always say, Everything that happened to the fathers, to the mothers, is for us to understand and to live with in our life. And what, what happened to them is to teach us a lesson how we could go on with our life. He says like this, Rahel, when Rahel tells Yaakov, I want children, when she tells Yaakov, listen to the words, you give me children. By her saying, I want children, and you're the only one who can give me children, it seems as if she gave the whole power of having children to Yaakov. And in a way, one second Nathan, in a way, she forgot HaKadosh Baruch Hu. She forgot Hashem. And she forgot Hashem. Hashem is the only one who can give you children. And you're asking me to give you children? Now when Yaakov saw and heard this, that she's pleading with him because she wants him to give her children, אמר זו סכנה לשיבוש דעותיה של רחל. Uh-oh, we gotta nip this in the bud right now. We gotta stop this right now. If for a second Rahel thinks that it's my power giving her children, I gotta stop this. That's why he gets upset. כשם, he says the same thing happened, שטעו המלאכים באדם הראשון. השם created אדם הראשון. The מלאכים confused אדם for being God. They thought he was God. Because now they see the first, they never saw something like this before. They see a person which, according to one Monday, Amar in the Gemara, he was 500 Amot. Let's say an Amar as a foot and a half. 500 times 1.5, 750. That's how tall he was. 750 Amot. Or what, feet. It's very high. 
Va'ito. Now they thought he was God. They give him wine, they give him uh, basar, now they're serving him. Why? Kira'u shekaran or panav, because they saw the illustrious face that he had, the illuminating face that he had. They wanted to call him God. Until Hashem put him to sleep. Because he put him to sleep because he wanted to bring Hava from him. Ah, when they saw that he put him to sleep, God doesn't sleep. God doesn't sleep, so he must not be God. Same thing. Rahel Haita Kolkach Mu'shemet Umushpa'at Medumutoha Korenet Shaliga Akob. Rahel sees her husband. Her husband's image is on the throne of glory of Hashem. We have Avraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, David. Now she sees Yaakov Avinu. His face is shining like a malach. She thinks as if he's God. And anything that I need, I can get from my husband. Now, by the way, it goes to show you how much she loved her husband. Right? Because she knew that whatever she needed, she goes straight to her husband. She doesn't go to anybody else. It just goes to show you the ahaba Rahel Imenu had to her husband Yaakov. It's something unbelievable, something unfathomable. She knows his image is, is etched in the throne of glory of God. And she confused and she thought, He's the only one who can give me children. He's the only one who can give me children. My dream will be fulfilled. My husband Yaakov. Yaakov. Yaakov wanted to take this away from her, from her heart, from her thoughts. It's as if he showed a face of anger. He wasn't really angry. He showed a face of anger. He showed as if he's angry, but inside he wasn't angry at his wife. Really, what was wrong with, with what she wanted? She wanted children. She sees her sister having children. She wanted children herself. So what was wrong with her plea? Nothing was wrong. So therefore Yaakov couldn't have been mad at her. He only made it to be as if he was mad at her. Why? Because when she saw that Yaakov is mad at her, and she saw, uh-oh, I shouldn't have asked him what I asked him. The only one I have to rely on is Hashem. And how do I rely on Hashem? And Yaakov, by the way, did this whole thing because he wants Rahel to pray to Hashem. Brings us back to what we said in the beginning of the class. Rahel could have had all the 12 children. Her problem was she did not pray to Hashem. Why? Because she knew. Of course I'm going to marry Yaakov. Why? Because they say, the elder to the eldest. To the elder, right? Isav to Leah. And me, Hatsa'ira to to Yaakov. So of course I'm going to marry Yaakov. Of course I'm going to marry. Of course I'm going to have 12 children. It's in the bag already. She took it for granted. What so happens to us in life many times? We think, of course it's going to be a good day. Of course the children are going to go to school. Of course it's going to happen. But in a split second, everything changes. In a split second, you get an email, school's closed. Why? We'll open in two weeks. Okay, and what, what's going to change from now to two weeks? Oh, the number is going to go down, maybe. They open in two weeks. Oh, everything's beautiful. We take it for granted. Everything's great. The children are going to school. Two weeks later, school's closed again. Because we take things for granted. Rahel Imenu took it for granted. And therefore, she didn't pray. And in fact, the Gemara, Masechet Yibamot says, Why did Sarah not have any children? Ribka not have any children? Le'ah didn't have any children in the beginning. Rahel, why? Because Hashem wants to hear our prayers. Don't take anything for granted. And therefore, Yaakov Abinu had to make it seem, as we say, he sketched her. He made it seem that he was upset at her, mad at her, angry at her, for her to go pray. Ah, when she went and she prayed, what happened? What did we say? Hashem listened to her prayers, and what happened? He gave her Yosef. He didn't give her God. That's from Bilha. He gave her Yosef. That's the one that she wanted. But she only had Yosef and Binyamin. Why? Because if you wouldn't have opened your mouth in the first place and cried out, again, who are we to talk about Rahil? We don't even know who Rahil Imin was. Right? But we're only saying what the Midrash says and what the rabbis say, what we're allowed to say about her. 
if she would have just opened her mouth and prayed, instead of complaining, quote-unquote complaining to Yaakov, she would have the 12 children, no problems. In fact, the Sephorno says, listen to the Sephorno, Vayihar, when Yaakov Abinu got upset, got mad, got angry, Al Amra Umra Habali, because she said, give me children, Ki'ilu, Haya Beadola Asodze. I'm the one who can bring you children? What, what am I? I'm God? Now, these are very cryptic words. Yaakob Abinu got upset because you're diminishing the kabod of Hashem and you're increasing kabod to me. You're giving me the power, you're attributing the power of having children to me and therefore lessening the power from God. I can't stand for that. No way. If for a second you think that I'm the one who has the beracha and not Hashem, no. And he put all his love on the side where he would have never talked to the hell at all. And we see, by the way, in the morning, when it ends up being Le'ah, Laban does the whole kombina in the, in the night, he does the whole trick. He wakes up in the morning, it's Le'ah. We don't see that Yaakov gets upset at Rahel. We don't see that Yaakov gets mad at Rahel, yells at her, because he loved her so much. He knew everything happens for a reason. But over here, when you're attributing the power to me, and not to your God who really has the power, one second Nathan, who really has the power, that's why Yaakov got very upset. Go ahead, go ahead. Right, and we'll address that in the end of the class. Right? Now, we're going to take this whole story with Yaakov and Rahel, and that she wanted children. We'll divert a little bit, go a little bit off on a tangent, but we'll come back. It has to do with the same, with the same question. The same Sefer, Oran Nefesh, Shalom, he continues and he says, Why did Le'ah have children? And Rahel not have any children. They were both Akarot in the beginning. And Yaakov loved both of them. Now it says in the Pasuk, Vayar Hashem ki Hashem saw that Le'ah was hated. Now he, what, she wasn't hated by Yaakov. Hazve Shalom. That's a, that's a wrong understanding. She wasn't hated by Yaakov. Yaakov loved Le'ah. He loved Rahel. He only loved Rahel more than Le'ah because he came down to Haran only for Rahel. So he loved Rahel a little bit more than Le'ah. By her, by Le'ah feeling that hatred of Yaakov towards her, that's what made her have children. Because there's a cloud, there's a rule. Ha'elohim bakesh et hanirdaf. Hashem loves the oppressed. He loves the ones, he loves the ones that are, that are suffering, that are afflicted. When Hashem saw that Yaakov is loving Rahel a little bit more than Le'ah, what happened? Hashem gave children to Le'ah. That's what Rabbi Zaychik says. In the beginning they were both Akarot. But what made Le'ah have the children? Because Yaakov loved Rahel more than Le'ah. Ah, now listen to the Pasuk. Excuse me. He loves Rahel even more than Le'ah. Doesn't mean that he hated Le'ah. And what, what does it say in Megillat Rut? It says in Megillat Rut, Both Rahel and Le'ah were the ones who built Am Yisrael, which means Yaakov loved Le'ah and Rahel. And is a halacha. There's a halakha that one is, a man is assured to be with his wife if he hates her. it's called. It's a halakha. Asur for a man, I'm sure everybody learned it before they got married. It's asur for a man to be with his wife if he hates her. It's asur. Because the whole time he's with her, he's not really thinking of her, and that brings us a whole time. That's a totally complicated issue. That's what happens with Reuben, God, because Yaakov, when he was with Rahel, with Le'ah, he thought it was uh, Rahel, and that's why Reuben, he had to go on Galut. That's a whole different discourse, whole different topic. But anyway, so Yaakov did love Rahel, did love Le'ah. However, he loved Rahel more than Le'ah. Now, this is beautiful. 
Rav Zaychik says, Yaakov Abinu had to come up with a plan, with a patent, they call it in Hebrew. He had to come up with a plan that Rahel, the reason why she's not crying out to Hashem for children is because she sees how much I love her. Le'ah, because she feels a little bit hatred by me, she calls out to God and Hashem answers her. So Yaakov has to do something for Rahel to feel a little slighted by him, for her to open her mouth, to call out to Hashem, to pray to Hashem. So what does he do? He makes it seem as if he's upset at her, mad at her, angry on her, at her. Therefore, what happens? Rahel feels this hatred, just like I felt the hatred. And Rahel ends up praying to Hashem, and Hashem gives her Yosef. And that's why she calls Yosef Asaf Elohim et herpati. Herpati means my disgrace. Because who am I disgraced by? Not by the people of the town, but my own husband. I feel he does not love me anymore. Why? He yelled at me. How could it be my beloved husband, the one who came down to Haran only for me? He worked 14 years for me. He hates me now? Yaakov had to do this. It wasn't really hatred. He had to make Rahel feel hated a little bit in order for her to pray out to Hashem, in order for Hashem to give her children. Rabotai, there's a Gemara Masechet Menachot Davzain. Avimi was the rabbi. The student was Rab Hizda. Avimi, it says in the Gemara Masechet Menachot, Avimi learned the whole Gemara Menachot, however he forgot it. He ended up going to his student Rab Hizda, for his student Rab Hizda to teach him Masechet Menachot. Now the Gemara asks, so how come Avimi doesn't tell his student to come to him. Who goes to who? Does the rabbi go to the student? Or the student goes to the rabbi? Of course the student has to go to the rabbi. So Abimi, you are the rabbi. Send a messenger to your student, Rabbi Hizda. Say, my dear student, can you come to my house and teach me Masechet Menachot? I forgot it. Can you please come and teach it to me? No. Abimi went himself as if disgraced himself, lowered himself by the rabbi going to the student to teach him the Gemara. You know why? Because Abimi says, by me lowering my standards of a rabbi going to a student for the student to teach his rabbi, I will get the biggest beracha and understand the Gemara. Why? Because we said, Elohim yebakesh etanirdav, by the rabbi lowering himself and going to the student, Hashem sees the pain that the rabbi has by going to the student because it's not to the standard of the rabbi by going to the student. And in that way, what happens? I have the beracha because there's another Gemara, Masechet Hulin, that says, When you lower yourself and in a way get disgraced by other people, and tolerate it, that will give you the biggest beracha in your life. So the rabbi had to lower himself a little bit, just like Rahel. She had to be lowered by Yaakov Abinu, not knowing. But Yaakov Abinu lowers her. By her being lowered in Yaakov Abinu's eyes, disgraced as if in Yaakov Abinu's eyes, gets the beracha of children. Here, Abimi, what happens? He goes to a student, he lowers himself in a student's eyes, and therefore he was Zokheh, he merited to understand the whole Gemara Menachot again. But now listen to this, that's not the end of the Gemara. The Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, Rab Hizda, the student, learned the Gemara from Abimi, but he forgot it. And when Abimi, his rabbi, tested him on the Gemara, the student Rab Hizda forgot the whole Gemara. So Abimi, his rabbi, says, you forgot it? He starts hitting him. He starts hitting him and Rab Hizda stays quiet. He's disgraced by the rabbi. He's being hit in front of everyone and he stays quiet. Rabotai, what ends up happening because he stayed quiet and he took all the affliction and the suffering from his rabbi, the same rabbi that hit him had to come down to him in order to learn the Gemara. You understand how it works both ways? 
Here the rabbi forgot the whole Gemara, lowered himself because he wants to understand the Gemara. And who does he go? He doesn't go to any other student. He goes to the same student that he hit the first time around. Why? Because the same student that he hit the first time around and he stayed quiet was Zochet to understand the whole Gemara again. And not only understand the whole Gemara again, teach it to the very rabbi, to the very rabbi that hit him in the first place. I'm sorry? It's not only karma. Yeah, yes, it's karma. But not only that, it teaches you when you stay quiet and people are ridiculing you. And that, that's, the whole, that's the point of the class. Many times in life we're ridiculed, mocked, belittled, disgraced by people. Now we have two options. Open your mouth and treat them the same way they're treating you or stay quiet. The only difference between the two is the first one, you don't merit to have any beracha. In fact... It's an abira because you're using your anger towards them. What do you mean? But they disgraced me. So why do you have to disgrace them? What do you mean? I, 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 can't, I can't stay quiet. Why not? If you understand that he was just a messenger sent by Hashem to belittle you, and we'll see why people get belittled sometimes in life and mocked and disgraced and derided. We'll see. The second option is to stay quiet. And what happens? You have children. You have parnasa. So many times an employee is being yelled at by his employer. Now the employee says, I'm not standing for this. Why do I need this? He yells back at his employer. What happens? He loses his job. And then he goes on unemployment and he has to find another job. Just stay quiet. Just stay quiet. You're right. It wasn't for your kavod. It wasn't for your honor. He, sh- he should have known better. He shouldn't have embarrassed you in front of everybody. But just stay quiet. Stay quiet. Look what Rahili Menu was zukha. She merited, she had so much zechut to have Yosef and Binyamin. Yosef and Binyamin. And not only that, Yosef and Binyamin came out of Rahel. Rabotai, who came out of Yosef? Yoshua bin Nun. Who's after Moshe Rabbeinu? Yoshua bin Nun. For the fact that his grandmother, Rahel, stayed quiet and she didn't say anything and she was disgraced by her husband and she took it. She Yoshua bin Nun comes out of Yosef. Who comes out of Binyamin? One second, Nathan, one second, Habibi, one second. Before I forget, I have a very little attention span before I forget. Who comes out of Binyamin? Shaul Melech. What happens by Shaul Melech? The first king of Am Israel. And not only that, what stone is under Hoshin? What stone belongs to Binyamin? Yashfeh. Yashfeh is a very beautiful stone. It's called Yashfeh. Why, Joey? Yashfeh is a conjunction of two words. Yesh. He has a mouth. Which means his mother had the mouth to say, Excuse me, Yaakov, what did I say in the end of the day? All I asked you was I wanted children. What did I ask you to bring me the moon? What did I ask you? I asked you for children. No, she stayed quiet. She was belittled, disgraced, and she had children herself. And she had the greatest zechut in Am Yisrael. Yoshua bin Nun, Shaul Melech, the Yashpeh. That stone, that very stone, by the way, that very stone that the rabbis were missing in the Hoshin, and they went to Damab bin Netina because they were missing that stone, that very stone. And they paid a lot of money for that stone. Because whoever listens to his disgrace and stays quiet, gets the biggest beracha in life. You want to ask me a question? Mordechai, exactly. Mordechai instead. Beautiful, Nathan. What's the question? Temple is in the Binyamin. Uben Ketefav Shachen, yes. Very good, very good. Yosef had the Mishkan, very good. What else? You with me? Yeah. Oh, you think? Okay. Rabotai, <laughs> not only that, Hannah, Hannah, the mother of Shemuel. What happens? Elkanah marries Hannah and Penina. Hannah does not have any children, and Penina, one after the other, after the next, 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 so many children. Now, Penina, she did it Lashem Shamaim. And this is a little segue to what happens by Yaakov Abinu later on. He was punished. Yes, even though you did it Lashem Shamaim and you wanted your wife to open her mouth in prayer, he was a little bit punished and we'll see later on. But Penina, she used to tell Hannah like this. Hannah, don't forget to wake the children up tomorrow because they won't miss the bus. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot you don't have any children. Oh, Hannah, shall we go shopping today to buy pants for our children? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot you don't have any children. Now she did it, Lashem Shamaim. It says in the Pasuk, She wants Hannah to pray to Hashem and say, Hashem, look what she's doing to me. That's her tsara. What's tsara? That's her other, the, the other woman. 
that uh, Elkanah, her husband, brought into the house. So she did it to Hashem Shamayim Pinina because she wants Hannah to pray to Hashem. Hashem, I can't take this anymore. I'm seeing, have, I'm seeing her having a child after another child after another child and I don't have any children. Hashem, why are you doing this to me? Ah, you know what happens? When she has Shemuel, Penina ends up losing all her children, one after the other after the other. Every child Hannah has, Penina ends up losing another child, another child. And now we can understand why Yaakob Abinu tells Rahel, why don't you bring your maidservant into the house? What is Yaakob Abinu gaining? And by the way, why did Abraham end up bringing Hagar? Party going on. Why did Abraham bring Hagar into the house for Sarah to see Hagar having children and to be disgraced? Exactly. That's the whole point. Because you know what's going to happen now by Rahel seeing that Bilha has a child? Bilha has a child. Oh Rahel, would you like to take care of him? I have to go out. I have to go run on errands. Now Rahel has a son, Gad. Right? She has Naftali. She has him in her, in her arms. She's saying, this is not my child. What am I doing? This is not my child, Hashem. It's about time already. Give me children. That's the point. That's the point of bringing the maidservant inside the house. For you to see, it's not your child. Yes. Maybe they'll be called that. It's your child because, you know, it was your maidservant. But it's really, it's not my child. It's not my fruit. I don't want it. And that will cause her to pray to Hashem in agony, in pain, in suffering. And Hashem listened to her. And that's why she said, Asaf Elohim et herpati. Asaf. He, he, he brought my disgrace. He gathered me from my disgrace. I don't have any disgrace anymore. And as she says, and now when I have finally a child, anything breaks in the house. If I didn't have any children, they say, I broke it. Now I could blame it on my child. What does that mean? Now Rahel could blame it on my child. If anything breaks in the house, Yaakov says, Rahel, did you see the new vase I bought yesterday? If she didn't have any children, Rahel says, I broke it. But now since she has a child, and Rahel could say, Yosef broke it. Even though Rahel breaks it, she could say Yosef breaks it. What is that she saying? Which means a mother wants to say, it's my child's fault. I mean, she wants to blame her children. What does that mean she wants to blame her children? The fact that she, that she can say, I have a child to blame something on, or yeah, my child was caught in the mud, or he was playing in the mud, he got dirty, and I bring him back from the park. Just the fact that a mother can say, I have a child to my name, that means everything to her in the world. So Yaakov is saying, that's why I'm bringing the maidservant, that's why I'm embarrassing you, I'm disgracing you in a way, quote-unquote, like we said. That's why I'm yelling at you because it's not up to me, it's up to God. And if you understand that's up to God, and the fact that I'm embarrassing you and disgracing you for you to pray to Hashem, that's how you will have a child. And Rahel is used to suffering. Rahel is used to disgracing. Why? Because what happened? She's about to marry Yaakov. Ah, switcheroo. They bring Le'ah. Rahel tells Le'ah all the simanim. Now, you think it wasn't disgraceful yet for, for Rahel and Menu? Rahel Menu on the night of her wedding, she sees that her very sister, who she loved, if she didn't love her, she would let her also be disgraced and not give her the simanim, which is nida halah hadlakataner. She told her the halachot. That's the three simanim. She could have stayed quiet. No. Why should I embarrass my sister? I love my sister. So Rahel, the night of her wedding, she sees her very husband that she waited for seven years going with her sister. Can you tell me there's a bigger disgrace and embarrassment and a hurt and pain and suffering and agony in the world more than that? The very husband that's written for me, going with someone else, even though she's my sister. But I wanted him. Now she's used to disgrace. And what happens? She could have, she should have took that lesson of being disgraced that night of the chuppah and applied it to her life and prayed for children. When Yaakov sees that she didn't get the message the first time around, he had to do something for her to understand the message. And that's why he told her, what do you think, I'm God? Why don't you pray to God? When she got embarrassed, she prayed to God, and that's when Hashem gave her children. The Sefer Kol Simcha, by Rabbunum Apeshisha, he addresses the question we asked in the beginning. What does that mean? She got jealous of her sister. Listen to his words. What's the meaning of this? What is she, a 17-year-old girl? She's jealous? She's already Imma Israel. She's already a, she's going to be a matriarch. Fine. But she's a Hashuv lady. For her to be jealous of her sister? What is she, a 17-year-old girl? She's jealous of her, her sister's new outfit? 
This is the question he asks. Listen to what he says. It seems to me the answer is, Shekavanat Rahel Haita. Now Rahel Menu had her own kavana. What was her own kavana? It's the same exact kavana that Yaakov wanted to instill in her. Shera'ata shelea shehi senua yesh labanim. Lea, my sister. And she's hated by my husband Yaakov because he loves me more, but she still has children. Vehi shehi ahuva en labanim. But me, the one that's beloved, doesn't have any children. Lachen haya birtsona shetehe gam ken senua feshiye labanim. She talked this way to Yaakov, her husband, and she got jealous of her sister Leah to let Yaakov know that she was jealous because she wanted her husband Yaakov to hate her. If he hates her, what ends up happening, like we said, he hates her just like he hated Leah. She'll have children just like Leah and Menu had children. There's a story about the Hafez Hayim. The Hafez Hayim came to the Amin Nuraim before Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, and the students saw him crying. And they said, Rabbi, why are you crying? What are you crying about? You're scared of Judgment Day of Rosh Hashanah? All the Sefarim, what are you afraid of? What are you crying for? He says, you know why I'm crying? Because everyone gives me so much kabod. Everyone gives me so much honor. Nobody ridicules me. Nobody embarrasses me, disgraces me. And there's a Gemara that says, in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, and the same Gemara in Masechet Yomah, Anyone who's forgiving, Hashem forgives him. But I never had that chance to be forgiving because nobody slighted me. Nobody embarrassed me, disgraced me. Even the Hafez Hayim knew the power of being disgraced by people of Rabotai. And he stayed quiet. He wanted to stay quiet. I'll tell you another story what happened with him. When people embarrass you and they disgrace you and you stay quiet, that's when you have ma'abirin lo'akot peshaad. You understand what that means? You it's an instant, it's an instant uh, forgiveness. Instant. If you stay quiet when people are embarrassing you, Hashem says, you stay quiet, I'll also stay quiet as if I'll stay quiet on all your iniquities, on all your sins, and I'll forgive you. There's another story that happened with the Hafez Hayim. Where once he was leaving his house, coming down the steps to his house, going to yeshiva. Though I guess there was a banana peel or orange peel, and he ends up tripping, falling, slipping down all the steps. Now there was a kam uh, bahurim. There were a couple of bahurim up to no good, right? Trying to make trouble in my neighborhood. You know where that's from? No, you don't know where that's from. Fresh Prince, no, right? So uh, he's tripped down, and there were a couple of guys. There were embarrassing him and say, ah, look at the rabbi deriding him. Look at the rabbi, he fell down, he fell down. But the rabbi stayed quiet and he has such a, such a beautiful smile on his face. When he got to yeshiva, the students told him, Rabbi, why are you so, I mean, you're, you're a smiley guy, you're, you're a happy-go-lucky guy, but why today you're extra happy? You know what he tells them? He tells them like this, listen to Botai. He tells them, what about my avonot? The Hafez Hayim saying, what about my avonot? I don't know what avonot he had, right? Maybe he slept one minute late. I don't know what avonot he had. But the Hafez Hayim says, what about my avonot? Everybody's giving me so much kabod. How is Hashem going to forgive me? avonot. The embarrassment is the best solution to be absolved of all your sins. But today, I had the zechut. I merited when the children, when those children, when those talmidim embarrassed me and I stayed quiet. For sure Hashem is going to forgive me. Now there's two ways Hashem could forgive our sins. Either by pain and suffering or by being embarrassed. Now I don't know about you, it should never happen, but I'd rather take the latter because I don't want the first one to happen. Right? So now, what is this whole concept of when you stay quiet and you listen to people embarrassing you like Rahel, like the Hafez Haim, how is it mechaper avonot? How is it open up the path and open up the door to all the berachot in the world? Listen to the Lukutem Moharan. Rav Nachman of Basav says, Lukutem Moharan Vav. He listened to this. Tzarik kol adam lema'et b'chbod atzmo ve'leharbod b'chbod hamakom. 
You have to increase the honor of God and decrease your own honor. Tachlit b'riat ha'adam hi legalot al yedei avodato et kibod Hashem ba'olam. Rabotai, we came to the world to make a kiddush Hashem, to increase the divine presence in the world. In the world, to make people understand and to acknowledge and to realize there is a Hashem. So, it's either your kibod, your honor and glory and fame. Or Hashem. Both of them it cannot be. Hashem malach geut labesh. Only Hashem to Hashem belongs all the honor and grace. It can be both. So the more you decrease in your kavod, the more you increase in Hashem's kavod. And all the berachot, by the way, put that on the side, all the gezerot, and all the problems happen because the shekhinah is not satisfied. The Shekhinah is not mitmalet. The Shekhinah is not residing, if you want to say, is not being um, lifted up. It's not being lifted up. So the more that the Shekhinah is being lifted up, the more there's Shem Shamayim in the world, the more there's Kiddush Hashem in the world, what ends up happening as a result? Berachot, Shefa, Panasa, children, Shalom Bayit, everything, all the Berachot. It all has to do with what kabod you want in the world. And he expands on it. The whole lesson in the Kutay Muharan, he, he ties it in with Teshubah and Aleph Kuf Yuv He. Something beautiful, which is not a breast of Shi'ud, but it's something beautiful. If you want, open up the Kutay Muharan if you have it in your house. The Kutay Muharan, Torah Vav. There's the English translation also. Something phenomenal, amazing. That's the whole point. The more you hear your bizayon, and you're ridiculed, and you're disgraced, and you don't say anything, what ends up happening? You decreased your kavod, and you increased Hashem's kavod. When you increased Hashem's kavod, all the beracha came in the world. And we'll end off with this. Actually, maybe we'll end off with two more things. Yeah, I know, right? It's a little bit early. We were able to get everything in tonight. What happened? Beautiful. Maybe it's the music. It gives me a little pump, right? The hatam sofer. The hatam sofer... A student came to him right before Ben Azmanim. Now we, fought, we know Ben Azmanim is when the yeshivot have off a little bit. Come back to the second zman or the third zman. So a student comes to the Hatam Sofer and he tells him, Rebbe, uh, maybe a little bit of advice, some insights. What should I work on Ben Azmanim? Should I increase in my learning of Torah? Should I increase in more of Ahabat uh, Makom, giving charity, giving sadaqah? Rabbi, give me something. Give me something to work with. He tells him like this, Rabotai. Something we would never imagine. He says, make sure that when you go to any rabbi's class, you focus on the rabbi himself and not on anything else. Because the moment when the rabbi or the speaker sees that you're diverting your attention from him to something else, he'll feel slighted. He'll feel embarrassed and disgraced. And you don't want that to happen. Because you don't want anybody in Am Yisrael to feel embarrassed or ridiculed. Even the fact that you take out another sefer, this is Hatam Sofer saying. Even the fact that you take out another sefer and learn another sefer, the same time where there's a shi'ur going on, and the rabbi is looking at you opening up another sefer, in the same time he's giving his lesson, that's a little slight to the rabbi. That could offend him a little bit, and you don't want that to happen. Why? Why Rabotai? Because Yaakov Avinu was punished because of it. Because even though he did it Lashem Shamayim, and he wanted her to feel a little disgraced, a little slighted, in order for her to pray, but he shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have talked that way to her. And the Midrash, the same very Midrash we quoted earlier, Hashem says, Yaakov, because you spoke this way to your wife, Hayecha, I promise you, Banecha Omdim Lifne Bina. Your children will bow down to her child. Who? The Shevatim end up bowing down to Yosef. You embarrassed her, they are going to embarrass themselves. B'nai Yaakov. They are going to embarrass themselves and bow down in front of her child, Yosef. Which means the Hatam Sofer is telling us, nobody wants Bizyonot. Yes, we just learned Bizyonot bring Beracha, Bizyonot bring Shefa, but nobody wants Bizyonot. Nobody prays and wishes, Hashem, please find somebody in the street to mock me because so I opened my mouth so you could give me a berakha. Nobody wants that. 
right? If it ends up post-factor, if it ends up happening, you get all the berakhot. But you have to make sure. Just like you don't want it to happen to you, make sure the Hatam Sofer is saying, make sure you don't let it happen to someone else. Make sure nobody feels that slight. Nobody feels that embarrassment. Rabbi if we could just veer off for a second, and we've talked about this in the past so many times, but it rings so true with what the Hatam Sofer says. If he says, you don't want the rabbi to feel a little slighted by you opening up a sefer or doing something else and diverting your attention from the rabbi, how do you think Hashem feels? If a mortal human being feels this way, how does Hashem feel when we come to shul or we come to pray and we take out our phone in the middle? We're talking to Hashem right now. We're talking to Him. Hashem is here. He's making Himself available to us. And how can we take out our phone? You think Hashem doesn't feel disgraced or slighted or embarrassed? I came to you. I cleared up my schedule only for you. Can you give me at least 10 minutes of your time? That's all I'm asking of you. It's all. Many people now they have been haggad to do koram. Because it's too much to do hazara, you know. It's too much. I can't. I need koram. How much, how long is hazara? Three, four minutes. Bekoshi, bizor. But I can't. It's too much. I gotta go back to the warehouse. I gotta go back to, to do something. Can you give Hashem 10 minutes of your time? That's all. You think Hashem is not embarrassed when we do, when we use our phone, or when we rush in Hazara, or we rush in Tefillah, or we don't pay attention to Him, or we're in the middle of learning Torah and we do something else? Of course Hashem is going, if a, if a human being gets embarrassed, Hashem is not going to feel embarrassed? That's what exactly we're talking about. When you don't give Hashem the time of day, you're increasing your kavod. You care only about your kavod, and you're decreasing Hashem's kavod. You're decreasing Hashem's kavod. You're telling Hashem, thank you, but no thank you. I know you're here to listen to my prayer, but uh, I'm not really interested in, what, in, in the prayer. I just want to get it over with. It's something I have to punch the card, I want to get it over with. This is what the Hatam Sofer says, Rabotai. This is the story I'll end off with. The Be'er Ma'im Hayim, we had two stories, but I see we don't have time. Maybe we'll keep it for another time, or maybe we'll record it and send it out. The Be'er Ma'im Hayim says like this. When Rahel calls Yosef, Asaf Elohim et Herpati, Hashem has gathered my disgrace because I was disgraced by my husband. He says, Perush, ima herpa vehabusha shayali ad ata, the disgrace, the humiliation, the embarrassment I had until now, ne'esaf hadin me'alai, I have no more deen. And what happens after she had Yosef? Right away, six years later, but I'm saying right away, meaning she had Binyamin. Which means that opened up the path. Because Yusurin, affliction, humiliation, will absolve you of all your sins. Now listen to his words. This will segue into the, other, into the last story. The biggest Yusurin you can have the biggest pain you can have in life in when you, is when you're embarrassed by people. But when you're embarrassed by people and you stay quiet, that's the biggest beracha and could get rid of all your sins. And this is the story we'd like to end off with. Rab Shmaka of Zeville, he was known to have to be Ba'al Mufet, Yeshu'od the Nehamot. People flocked to him from all over for his salvations, for his prayers. He once went into the mikveh with his Shamosh Arab Shabbat, he had to go to the mikveh. Now, you know, he was a very modest rabbi. He didn't wear any fancy clothing. Maybe his shoes were a little ripped. Maybe his pants weren't up to style or weren't the modern pants like the modern rabbis wear in their times. They had modern rabbis, which were reform rabbis. You know, they had to dress, you know, very hashuv because whatever, enlightenment times, even after. But so his clothes were a little withered. It wasn't the fanciest clothes. He took his clothes off and he put them on the side next to the clothes of a very ashir, very wealthy individual in the town. When he got out of the mikveh, put his towel on, came to wear his clothes, the ashir looks at him and he says, Have you no shame? He's, looking, he's talking to the rabbi of the town. He says, Have you no shame? He says, I'm wearing a towel. What shame are you talking about? He says, have you no shame? You're putting your disgusting old clothes next to my expensive clothes. Have you no shame to yourself? He starts hitting the rabbi. 
And the rabbi stays quiet. He's being flogged down by this person, by this man, and he stays quiet, he stays quiet. He leaves. The shamosh looks at the rabbi, he says, Rabbi, how? How do you do it? What's your secret? How do you do it? Listen to his words. He says, Hayom pa'alnu al habushot v'habizyonot Today we were able to get the biggest beracha by the ridicule of him and we stayed quiet more than any tevilot can do in the world. I could go to the mikveh a hundred, a hundred and sixty keminyan, I don't know what. Four hundred and ten keminyan, I don't know what. So and all these people there, you know, they're kavanot, as if they understand what they're doing, but okay, we'll give it to them. They go down to the mikveh 10, 20, 30, 40 times. With one ridicule, with one episode of being embarrassed and you stayed quiet, that atones for all your sins and that brings you the biggest Yeshua. And you can use, by the way, you can use that. You can use that episode of staying quiet and ask Hashem, Hashem, I stayed quiet. And I know the only reason why I don't have the berachot in my life is because I have sins in the way. But I stayed quiet. Now Hashem... Quote unquote, you have to stay quiet and forgive me for all my sins. Oh, if you give me, if you forgive me for all my sins, I can end up having, having anything that I want. When I end up having anything that I want, that's the biggest issue in life. So that's what we learn from Rahil Menu. The biggest lesson in life is from Rahil Menu Rabotai. And that's it. Rahil Menu is only in Parashat Vayetse. She passes away. The only thing we know about Rahil Menu, she was an Akara, she opened her mouth. One sentence to her husband, she gets knocked down. But we explained. It was very Akov making her understand. It's Ofam Hashem. I, can, I don't have any power. I want you to feel a little bit hated by me. And in fact, she also wanted to feel a little bit hated by her husband to call out to Hashem, to give her children. And that's the biggest issue I can have in your life. When people embarrass you and mock you, and shame you, and humiliate you, but you stay quiet because you understand. And who who bigger than David and Melech when they ridiculed him, and he stayed quiet? Shem Ibn Gera embarrasses him. Like we explained many times, he calls him Karanim Retzit, he calls him a Noef, a Moabi, Rotseyah, Tu'eba, but he stays quiet. And what ends up happening, by the way? Anybody know what ends up happening? Because yeah, David and Melech stays quiet. Shem'i ben Gera, he comes and he embarrasses David Melech in front of everyone. He says, you, you slept with Bathsheba, she was married to a person. You're not even Jewish in the first place. You come from Moab. And he, he, he shames him, he wipes the floor with him. David Melech stays quiet. Rabotai, that very moment Hashem says, David, you belong on the fourth leg of my chair. Because as, uh, until now we had Abraham, Isaac and Yaakov, and Hashem is waiting for another one. David Melech stays quiet. He doesn't megiv. In, in Hebrew, megiv doesn't comment, doesn't say anything. Hashem says, You belong al kavod. Because anyone who hears himself or sees himself being embarrassed and stays quiet, that's when we get the biggest Yeshua in life. I thank everyone for attending every Wednesday night, Avenue S, the corner of East Night, Haralebanon, 8 p.m. Thank you to Torah, anytime viewers and listeners, J-Root viewers and listeners, Baruch Adonai Olam. Amen Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.